welcome everybody. Welcome back to the Ice Kings podcast, episode number three, uh, with me, Sam, and Dylan. We're gonna before we start, we're gonna kick it over to Sam. How you doing, Sammy? Oh, I'm doing good, man. Uh, I'm turning 25 soon. Uh, it's a crazy week right now. I'm, Fuck you, Dino. I'm getting I'm getting a quarter life crisis. I'm going nuts. <laughs> You change up your haircut. You're gonna go bald. You're turning 25. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna grow out the flow. I think. No, I think the bald thing would be good. <laughs> you gotta nuts. keep you gotta keep that little uh, little chin strap you got going on. Oh yeah, I got <laughs> the chin pubes. I need that. All right. Well, good to have you, Sam. Good to see you, Dylan. What's up, brother? How's your weekend? Not bad. T is some good weather here, so we can't complain. You know, I got on the golf course, shot a 53. For me, that's pretty good. So nice. He shot a fifty-three on the first four holes. So, <laughs> so you guys know. first nine. <laughs> Not bad. As you guys, uh, in case you guys didn't know, Dylan has played golf all of maybe four times in his life. Six, six times, so. Six. So I mean, I'm not gonna lie, that's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. I mean, not gonna lie, I don't think I can do much better. So. Oh, I've seen you in Texas Swinger Club. Oh my god, I lost that four balls in the water, I think, on that hole. It's all right, I went the whole five hours and didn't even swing a club. I told him to, folks. But, all right, well, boys, good to have you. Thanks for coming. Uh, We appreciate everyone coming back and taking a listen to episode number three. A lot of talking today, a lot of talking. But first, boys, let's start off with my hometown team, the San Jose Sharks, man, out of San Jose, California. There was a lot, a lot of talk going on. Um, they had a couple of transactions uh, to, uh, during free agency. So I, I see here that they uh, they acquired Devin Dubnik and a 2022 seventh round pick, and then Minnesota got a 2022 fifth round pick. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on the Devin Dubnik pickup for the Sharks? Sammy, I mean- go ahead. I, I mean, for San Jose, I mean, they've ha- been having troubles all around. Like, their whole team, like, ever since they, they uh, had that game against Vegas and that, that series where they almost made it to the cup final, um, they've been – they haven't been the same team, and it's just been uh, – they've been looking for some sort of identity and just some sort of uh, – some guidance. And their goaltending has been awful. I mean, like, Jones – he was pretty solid a couple of years ago, and I feel like he's he's losing that um, that, that, that 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 puck lock that that number one role, and I just feel like now they're thinking like maybe we'll go to a two goalie system like most of these teams are doing. And Devin Dubnik, he's been on a terrible Minnesota Wild team, and he's been doing pretty good numbers. I mean, this year probably was his least productive year, but mm-hmm. uh, check up his stats. It's his save percentage is like up there, maybe 91, 92% these last five seasons. And he's been playing on a very, like I said, a very mediocre, uh, wild team. So I'm really, I'm, I like the signing or the trading uh, trade, I should say. Um, was it, what, what was it for again? A, a pick? Uh, it was for a, the, so the Sharks got a 2022 seventh round pick and Devin Dubnik and the Wild got a 2022 fifth round pick. Okay, yeah. So that's a good deal. I mean, I think they retain 50% of the salary too as well. But I just think I like it. I mean, the San Jose has to do something. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they can't go into next season not doing anything. And, uh, I mean, they've been doing a couple moves. Uh, didn't they get Ryan Donato as well? They did, they did just pick up Ryan Donato yeah, as well. 
I like him. He's a good player. He played at Harvard, solid player. And then they got uh, – they re-signed LeBanc uh, I'm not for gonna another lie. four I'm years. A, they signed him for four years at $4.5 million. Like, I get it. Okay, awesome. He, he, he did pretty well, and he took a pay cut last year to do a million dollars. At the same time, $4.5 million for a guy who only put up uh, – I, I don't think he put, performed $4.5 million worth. Honestly, a year. Well, last year was last year was the shortened season, but at, still at that, like, it's tough to pay these guys at like forty points a season, and give them four million bucks. I just think mm-hmm. it's tough to swallow. I don't know if down the line the cap is going to be like there'll be more cap space and yada yada yada. But then again, it's just like I think it's one of those things where they promised him they'd sign him. So I think San Jose is uh, a great organization in terms of uh, their class. I've heard nothing but great things about their classiness and I think it's one of those things where they told them you sign this one year one million contract we'll we'll pay it for next year like kind of thing but they can always trade him this is a player that and any other team bless you would love to have him just because 40 points a season that's that's a lot of productivity and like not everybody can get 40 points in the NHL it's the toughest league in the world I mean four million dollars I think it's a steep price to pay but I mean, then again, uh, what do I know? I'm a 25 year old Fed federal hockey player. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what do I know? And so, uh, speaking back on the Donato, uh, Donato was traded to San Jose via Minnesota Wild uh, for a third round pick in the 2021 NFL. NFL, Jesus Christ! I'm watching NFL. Oh, baby, you're 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 thinking too much of Jimmy G, man. You're just watching that game. You're getting too draft. dialed in. Uh, the Sharks actually got this trade from uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins for forward Patrick Marlowe uh, last February. So, I mean, they they really didn't lose much because they got this from Pittsburgh. So, I think Donato's going to be a great addition to that uh, that top nine for sure. Um, he, he <clears throat> Minnesota, he only averaged about 10, 10 and a half minutes of, of ice time. Yeah. It, and, I don't think they use them properly. It's, it's just all about a fit. That. It's all about a fit. Yeah, Dylan, what do, what do you think? Well, I mean, he came to Boston first, so there was, like, a lot of high hopes for him in the beginning of his career. And Hometown kid. Yeah, hometown kid, and he really didn't live up to those expectations, I would say. But, I mean, he, he averaged about 14 minutes in Boston, so down to 10 is a lot less. It's just I think he needs that breakout year, and if it's not going to be this year, he's in trouble, in my opinion. But um, going off what he said, I just think – he he will fit better in San Jose. Um, if they use him properly, you might see his point production rise. So, no, I mean, in, in talking about the fact that he went from 14 to 10, I think uh, for a player like Donato, he's definitely going to need that that extra those extra couple of minutes, dude. I mean, four minutes four minutes realistically can make or break a player. Like that could get that that could be the difference between a. Uh, a point six per points per game or a point seven five point per game, given those given that player four extra minutes, and I think the addition to the Sharks, um, I mean they've been lacking their their offensive abilities. They kind of rely on the on the back end with Carlson and Burns at, for a lot of their a lot of their offensive production with those two guys being defensemen. But I mean the fact that they signed a young forward and who's very powerful. He, he can score. He can score. He can pass. He's got great vision. I think it's gonna be. It's gonna work out for San Jose in the long run. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree with you. And um, 
I think uh, there's good days ahead. And I think with this kind of uh, mentality that San Jose is doing, just getting things done, I think I think the, the future is bright. And I think it's not the end of what they're going to be doing. I think they're going to try to get more free agents and players signing. And, yeah, we'll definitely be hearing about them in the future for sure. Absolutely. All right, well, enough about the Sharks. I, I hope they can make the playoffs. We'll see. But uh, obviously, they, they, it seems to me like they've kind of gone into a rebuild. Um, once they lost their captain, Joe Pavelski, I think they, uh, they went into a full, full re, uh, rebuild for sure. Yeah. But uh, next, uh, on to the next, boys. We are fucking sick. Uh, we called Whole it. baby. Robin Hashtag insiders. <laughs> Robin Leonard signs a five-year, $25 million contract extension with the Vegas Golden Knights. Average of $5 million a year. I mean, this was kind of a no-brainer. The guy played outstanding in the playoffs. The handshake deal that they said in the playoffs was literally exactly what they said. The exact same deal. Yep, which, which is awesome for Leonard. I mean, he, he said, Leonard, I, I'm looking at a quote here from uh, NHL. I have a five-year-old son, almost six-year-old son that has five different hockey jerseys, school friends, all those types of things. We live a privileged life, but you wanted to give your family stability, and mm -hmm. that's what you've done by signing mm -hmm. that five-year deal, which is awesome for him and his family. Uh, Vegas is, is a top-notch program for He's sure. He's been through a lot, and he deserves it. He has been, and that's a thing I think people forget about with athletes, not just hockey in general, but these contracts where they're a lot in, in, in the people's eyes seeing it, they're chasing money, but really they're just chasing that long contract where they can keep a family stable, like you said, to him, stability, that's, it's huge, it's overlooked too much, and good for him, he deserves that. Absolutely, I mean, congrats to the Knights for signing a lockdown goalie. I mean, save percentage is a .920. I mean, that's pretty fucking good. And it's not easy to come in and take um, – Take Flurry's Flurry spot. spot. Yeah, so. Flurry, Flurry's the walking high. He'd be a Hall of Famer. This guy's yeah. going to be a Hall of Famer, and you're exactly. beating out a Hall of Famer. So, that's not an easy uh, – He, uh, he gave his family that stability, stability that uh, uh, every every athlete is really looking for. Mm -hmm. Right. All right, so – Boys, big, big, huge topic. I mean, we kind of discussed this a little bit um, uh, last episode. Taylor Hall, dude, he's still, he's still free. Uh, he's still a free agent. So uh, Brandon Saad was acquired by Colorado on Saturday, uh, which is kind of a huge pickup. Saad has been, been unbelievable. He's been playing really well the past few years. Um, there, there's a couple of places he could land. Uh, I mean, I'm seeing here that Colorado, Columbus, Boston, Nashville, Philly. So, I mean, it, even it, Montreal. It, Montreal. I think the Avs are, as of very recent, out of the race. Um, I just read a tweet saying that they were out of it. So, for me, one step closer in a Bruins uniform, but wherever I, this guy goes, he's going to make a difference. The perfect fit, it, uh, honestly, I would, I would say Nashville. With a close, with a close uh, second being Columbus, um, I, I, the reason Columbus. I think, yeah, honestly, I, I'm I'm gonna say he's landing either in Nashville or Columbus. I mean, Columbus has has Tortorella, and I feel like Taylor Hall is someone who needs that kind of edgy coach like Tortorella. And and in terms of Nashville, I mean, Nashville has got some superstars. They also just picked up that uh, that that stud goalie from the KHL. Uh, you guys, do you guys know uh, who they just picked up in the draft? 
Oh yeah, I, I seen that. Yeah, he's a up and coming goalie. He's gonna be yeah. he's gonna be a solid he's asset. Be a solid, he's be a solid starter. I think truthfully, I think Pecorino and Yushi Saro is gonna be they're gonna be fighting with this goalie, this young goalie for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's a good problem to have. Oh, yeah, I mean, exactly. Well, well, goalies. yes and no. Montreal has like eighteen goalies. That yeah, are, yeah, yeah. Like they have too many goals at this point. Yeah, they just signed Jake a, Allen. I don't even know why. He's a good player, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's it's like that that coaching view of just signing a goalie so they can keep their who think starter goalie, you know, their mind straight on and not let it wander. Like, oh, I have the starting job, this and that, yeah. you know. I'm gonna be the delusional uh, Montreal Canadiens fan right now and say I want him to. I think he's gonna sign with the Montreal Canadiens, but then again. Like Toom said, I think I think it's going towards Nashville. Um, I just think now that they bought out um, Cal Turris and traded away Nick Benino, they're trying to make and that cap got, space. Yep. Nashville lost Craig Smith and potentially Michael Granlin as well. And, yes. and they traded Nick Benino. Like they, the the Predators, they need the offense. Exactly, and they have the cap space at this point where they can literally woo him and give him as much money as they want, and you know. He's a great player. These he'll give you offense right away. He'll give you that speed that you're dying for. Because ever since that playoff run against uh, Pittsburgh in the finals, it's kind of been flat for pet Predators. They've been either eliminated early in the playoffs mm-hmm. or yeah, you haven't really that. had that hype on them like we have in recent years. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do have a very tough uh, trip to the Cup, but who doesn't? Yeah. And especially in today's league, today's league is just but. Yeah, there's so many good NHL teams yeah. right now. It's just every team, even if they're right on the cups cusp of playoffs, they're unbelievable. Like the, like yeah. like we talk about the New York Rangers, like they weren't solidified as a playoff team, but they were just a great team to watch, and they were full of talent. They just it's crazy how good this league is getting. I mean, absolutely, I agree. I agree 100. So, Phil, what is your what is your thoughts? Where do you think I, I get you want him in a B's uniform, but. Like, like, where do you think the Hall ends up? Because I mean, this this is going to be a hell of a hell of a free agency, and see where he lands is going to be kind of crazy to watch. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to end up in Nashville or Boston. If we're talking Boston, he's jumping into a lineup where you know they can make a run into that Stanley Cup. We heard his his uh, post game interview when they were eliminated. All I want to do is win. I want to go to a playoff team. We we know Nashville's a playoff team. We know Boston for sure is a playoff team. I think it would make more sense fitting in a Boston lineup just because you can um, take the load off of Marshawn, Pasta, and Bergy and kind of have that other guy there that you have to worry about. So it spreads down that, that offensive talent. And um, But either way, like Boston and Nashville, I see him fitting in both there. So let's hope for Boston, eh? Yeah, seriously. I think I think that would just add way more depth to, to that already deep lineup. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'll, so the next thing is there's, there's been so much going on in the league. I mean, the Washington Capitals did a one-for-one trade, Rodko Gudas for Matt Niskanen. Um, I mean, I'm not 100% familiar with these two. I, I know about them. I've heard of them. But uh, what, let's get your boys' thoughts on this. Well, Gudas is not there anymore. He just signed with, uh, I believe, with Toronto. Uh, I want to say Toronto too. Yeah, and Niskan just retired. So at this point, like, I mean, Capitals won the cup with Niskan, Niskanen. So for, in their point of view, they won that trade. 
and Kudos yeah. is not yep. even with the franchise they traded to. So uh, anyway, they were going to lose him <clears throat> about it. So they yep. basically, well, I mean, Miskinen's not the primary reason they won the cup, but he was definitely a determining factor in them having a great run at it. Sure. Um, I mean, Niskanen, great career, won a Stanley Cup. I mean, they were saying he made over 40 million bucks in his whole entire career. Like, what does he need to play hockey anymore? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just want to enjoy time with family, especially I. we always talk about COVID, COVID, COVID. Yeah. Time with family is so important. And, I mean, like, probably being that bubble just put things into perspective and mm-hmm. makes you think, you know, is it worth going through this grind again and next year being a, the shit show it's going to be? Like, is it worth – Holy cow, did you just uh, swallow your mic there? Mic down, boys. No, but uh, for, for real, it's it's one of those things where it's even worth the, the trouble of going through that grind. And if he's like having a lingering I- injury, like is it worth going through that process and that constant grind? Like people, Some people are just not built for that. At, well, how old is he now? He has to be up there, like 38. He has to be he's old, right? He has, 35, 38. Yeah, I think I uh... – Man, he, I mean, it's one of those things where you're he's old. 30, he's 33. He's 33? Yeah. Okay, so not too late, but, you know, it's never too It's never too early. I mean, you, you got $40 million in the bank. Uh, enjoy time with family. Go on the beach. Buy an island. I don't know. Just Buy an island. So... I mean, I, I, I like the fact that he, he uh, retires with a cup. I mean, with – So, in, much. in terms of uh, retirement, boys, I, I mean, one notable retirement that we've just recently seen is Justin Williams, man. Three cups Ooh. with L.A., one with – Mr. Carolina. Game 7. Mr. Game 7 just always finds a way to score some cuts goals. I mean, wish him the best of luck in retirement. He had a hell of an NHL, season, uh, NHL career, and – I mean, uh, do you think – what do you guys think of this? I, I think it's – he went out being one of the better hockey players. And, I mean, I – Well, I is he American? I, I Just a quick question. Is he, is he American? I think he is, right? I think so. No, he's, he's from Ontario, I believe. Uh, yes. See that? Wow. He Look at me. The, I'm the Canadian guy. Canada, holy shit. Good I'm call. the Canadian guy. I don't even know my own, uh, my own guys. <laughs> No, I mean, uh, we talk about it a lot, though, like the careers that you, that lead up to an NHL career, and sometimes that's 20 years long. So just looking at a guy like Justin Williams, he played 19 seasons in the NHL. I think it's a good that I played 20 years of, of hockey outside of the NHL. So just to give a perspective on how, um, how much he meant to every team he played for, just look at his stats. I mean, he's been around longer than I've been alive almost. <laughs> how many games did he play? Total, uh, let's see, 1,264. Baby. When you hit 1,000 games, you just know you're a vet. And Yeah, dude, that's, mm-hmm. that's a tough milestone to hit, too. Like, that's a lot of seasons, man. I mean, oh, yeah. And he, was, he was on the fence about it this year, even coming back. I think he came in just for the playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah. They probably sat him down and was like, listen. We need some game seven juice yeah. from you. And plus, uh, didn't he start early his career in Carolina? So Oh, yeah. He, he I wasn't drafted there, but. That's where he won his first cup. Yeah, yep. he won his first yep. cup yep. there. So. Two, with, uh, two with L.A. Yeah, yeah I remember. they kind of like that, that hometown treatment he gets when. Yeah, I mean, it's good to retire with the same team that you started with. I mean, that kind of adds a little uh, sentimental uh, value to it. I mean, 
you can't you can't dog the guy for wanting to retire after 19 years. Like same thing, he's got enough money in the bank. He can just relax, chill, coach his kids, play hockey. I don't know. You just got to enjoy like life. Never. It's now time for him to enjoy his life and uh, get on post hockey career. He had a sick career. That's that's all there is to say at the end of the day. Yeah. Is but, it enough uh, to go in the Hall of Fame? I, that, that's that's a great question. I mean, Bill, do you have the stats on him? He had, what, 1,200 games? How many points did he have in that? Um, let's see here. 797. So that's the thing. It's so many points, but is it, I don't think it's enough to go in the Hall of Fame. Enough. He's I mean, got, he's got three cups, but, I mean, but that's the thing. Has... So, so um, Carboneau from Montreal, he was yeah. one of those players where he didn't have a point per game, but – he was such a crucial factor on every team he played for and people just hated playing against him that he got inducted to the hall of fame because he, first of all, he got voted in, but now it's getting more and more strict because guys like him were able to get into the hockey mm-hmm. hall of fame. You know what I'm saying? But Ike, Ike Guy Carboneau was such a great player, but uh, Justin Williams as well is a great player. I feel, I just feel like it, I kind of feel bad for him because because of recent uh, inductees into the Hall of Fame, it makes it more strict. Oh, yeah. But players like him well, don't even get the look. To Justin Williams, best of luck, man. He great career. Now, boys, the the, the biggest piece of uh, unrestricted free agency, Alex Petrangelo. I mean, man, still hasn't been picked up. The top two places, the top two landing spots. He's would going have to Vegas. Would be Toronto or <laughs> he's going to Vegas. There's no way he's not going. He's not going to Toronto. Nobody wants to play in Toronto. Nah, not even people from Toronto want to play in Toronto. Well, yeah. that's not true. Wayne Simmons, but he's a hometown boy. Just yeah, but that. he's he's, he's 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 late in his career. You know, yeah, like that's what I'm gonna say. He's late in his career, and not only that, he's he's not the answer that's gonna take him out of a, a playoff series. I mean, like you're looking for a defensive forward. Not he's not the player he used to be, man. He's exactly. Not. He's he's got a his plus minus is way 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 down. I mean, I but don't know Toronto. I read uh, I read something on Nesson. It's uh, if the, if the Knights uh, move Flurry like they need to uh, because of this signing with Leonard. I mean, if they move, they will have the caps. If they move Flurry, they'll have the cap space to be able to to make a deal with Petrangelo, especially after getting rid of uh of moving Paul Snap. Paul Snasty, Jesus. Paul he, he is nasty. He is, he is nasty. He is nasty. Yeah, yeah. He is nasty. How about um a little flurry back to Pittsburgh? I mean, Matt Murray's gone. Well, you think it's gonna be a backup? They just drafted a good goalie as well, so they did. But um, in the second round, we know what what flurry means to Pittsburgh. I think they would take. I think he would go back to play. For I think he would perhaps. definitely go back to go play with Sid and all his teammates yeah. that he played with for so many years. For sure. <sighs> Plus, he he is getting later in the career. It's almost like yeah, it, it might be one of those things like Williams, like you exactly. just want to you want go to back where he started. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You want to play comfortable. You want to you want to know you're going to be playing. Yeah. I mean, that we'll see. We'll see, boys. I mean, if he wants to accept that role of a second goalie, he'll have a blast in Pittsburgh. That's what I kind of meant. Like, and be a mentor. Take that. Yeah, exactly. Because that's at this career, at this point in his career, why not turn to that? Why not show your rings? I mean, yeah, come on. Dude. If he if he wants to be a, a, a second guy and a, a second goalie in the NHL, he could play maybe six more years if he decides to accept that role. But if he wants to just play uh, as a number one, he might not get that time. You know what I'm saying? And we know how hot the NHL is now with that two-goalie system. So, really, like, you can look at him as a starter 
depending on how he's playing because it's going to vary through the season. If if my backup's playing real hot, then he's going to turn into my starter. It's, well, Lundqvist signs with Capitals yeah. uh, on a one-year deal, and he's going to kind of be a mentor for Samsonov. But like at mm-hmm. the end of the day, if Samsonov doesn't do the job, you got Henrik Lundqvist as your backup. Right, You're right. set. It's a big it's, addition to that Capitals lineup too. Like hundred percent. Veteran presence. Like I was just saying. Like I was going to say about Flurry. Like you just said, they drafted the the Penguins. If he ends up going back to Pittsburgh, the Penguins just drafted a sick, sick stud goalie, right? So you think of it like this: the Flurry goes back to Pittsburgh. He's now that young goalie's mentor. Like that is ideal for a young goalie coming into the NHL. That is so valuable for your your your, your franchise to have that kind especially, of guidance for your young goalie. Especially goalie goaltending is easy if it's game. not the toughest toughest position in all of sports mentally than I don't know what sport you've watched your whole life no I agree I mean so to have a mentor like that just to calm you down in those moments I mean I know we can say there's no crowd right now but the little things that get in the goalie's head that a guy like Longquist a guy like Flurry can talk you walk you through it you know absolutely I agree but uh, I mean like Sammy said the the cap signed Hank to a one-year deal I mean uh, Holpe's also out of there. He he signed with Vancouver. That that so. surprised me. That that I mean I I'm happy that Lundqvist signed, but I was really surprised that Holpe. Uh, I don't know if they didn't want him or he just wanted to be somewhere where he'd be more valued. I mean, at the end of it, they really want to. The writing was on the wall that Samsonov was the future of the franchise because he's a young Russian goalie. Mm-hmm. I agree, yeah. Hey, how crazy is it how fast your your franchise goalie can change? Like, oh. Holpe was this unbelievable goalie just two seasons ago. And team Canada Olympic team besides yeah. top three best goalies in the world. Now he's they don't even want him. He signs a, what, what was it, like a 2.5, 3.5 yeah. million dollar a year deal for two years. With yeah. like, I was thinking, like, I'm thinking this guy's going to get 7 million. Like, people are comparing him to Carey Price yeah. like, a year ago. So That's I'm just what like. I mean. It's like it's crazy goal. how one day you're hot and the next day you're not. And that's yeah. why having a flurry and a Lundqvist is so go. important, man. I agree. I mean, uh, all great things, boys. Well, next up, Red Wings signed Bobby Ryan to a one-year or $1 million deal. I mean, I think this is perfect for Detroit, personally. Dude, they, they're in a full rebuild, and I think Bobby Ryan is going to – is going to really take them over to the next level for sure. I love Bobby Ryan. I always have. I remember going to a game in the garden and he, he scored a hat trick versus the bees and two of them were on the top 10 uh, sports center. And just the plays that guy can pull out of his hat. It's just like, he's kind of like a light switch to me where it's just like slow, slow. And then all of a sudden it's a highlight reel for five minutes straight, you know? So if Ryan he can find the right play. team, what? Bobby Ryan played with the ducks, right? Played for the Ducks. He played for Ottawa. When he was with when he was with the fucking Ducks, bro, he was nasty. That's when they so battled good. the bees. I think they him, met him and, him and Getzlaff, dude. He was just so they were such a good power power duo. Like they were so good. Now Bobby Ryan, he's <clears> later <throat> in his career, but I think the fact that he's a veteran presence, he's gonna go into that locker room and he he's gonna he's gonna definitely make a difference there in Detroit. I think Detroit is looking for a guy like that right now too. So um, if he gets comfortable, gets hot, that guy can put some numbers up. So yeah, absolutely. And yeah, he's gonna he, get the ice time there in Detroit. I mean, yeah, he's gonna be a vet. Yeah. The wings also the wings also signed a defenseman John Merrill to a one year uh, deal worth nine hundred twenty five k. I mean, I think it's a great signing. They need can't to, lose on that deal. 
No, I mean, it's just veteran, another veteran presence in a, in a very young locker room. It feels like a player's changing teams every every day, man. Like, there's right. so many different players going different places. It's going to be a different NHL next next year. And it's not even like these players going to all these teams makes an uh, NBA different where it's like a super team. It just equals the playing field so well. It's like it's fans are more excited to see them gel and, and get chemistry with their new line mates more than, oh, here's a super team. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like – you're not worried about a super team in the NHL. You're just worried about all these different guys getting gelling together and getting that chemistry. Because I feel like hockey is a sport where you can have the nicest team on paper, but when right, you get to the rink I mean. and you don't give your A game, you're nobody cares if you're Wayne Gretzky or Sidney Crosby. If right. you don't if you don't play the, the your highest of your capabilities, you're not going to win, and you're not like. I mean, we've all seen a seven seed. Los Angeles Kings team win a Stanley Cup. So you've seen yeah. Team USA co- full of college kids beat uh, yeah yep. the Red Army like uh, yeah get a little momentum in yeah. a game and see what that does for you. Need. So. That's all you need. I mean, a couple of more notable signings: Kyle Turner. Kyle Turris signs with the Oilers. Cam Talbot is now with the Wild. Um, as we called it last episode, Kudobins re-signed with the Stars for a three-year, three and a half million dollar average deal. Not a big deal. Um, Patty Maroon. AKA Fatty Maroon from the Big Rig. Big Rig. Uh, signed a two year, 1.8 million. Luke Shen also signed a one year. Uh, Matt Murray of the Pittsburgh Penguins is now shifted over to the Senators uh, after their uh, goalie. Uh, who's their goalie, boys? Who's their goalie that just retired? Oh, God. The Senators? The yeah. Senators? Um, Anderson. 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 I was going to say, I feel like he's been on that roster. The bald since. guy? Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Clean? Yeah. Mr. Clean. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. he he was a great career. He was sick. He's had a great career. He's had a great career. I mean, I mean, the Lightning's also placed Tyler Johnson on waivers. Kind of crazy. And he cleared waivers. Game. I don't. I, if I'm Ooh. Montreal Canadiens, I'm signing this guy. Or there's I'm got There's got to be something behind closed doors. I, like, I don't know. I, I don't know if the be. GMs have some sort of uh, arrangement. This, to, like, don't pick up my player, please. This is just for cap purposes. Like, I is don't this know the same on. Tyler Johnson that lit up the playoffs a couple seasons ago, or am I missing something? <laughs> I don't know why they didn't jump on that. The guy from TSN, which is ESPN in Canada, who's tweeted out, it's like, yeah, he cleared waivers. I'm like, are you kidding me? Dude, tell me you 31 doing? NHL teams or 30 teams passed on him, not signing. I'm like, what? what I mean. It's got to be something. He, he might have like an injury or, or yeah, discipline yeah. or something. I don't, know what, I don't know what his contract is, if it's something crazy. But even at that, this guy had a 50-point – this guy's averages right. 50 points every season. And if you're a playoff team, why not put him on your roster? You guys make the playoffs. This guy could just yeah. turn into uh, Mr. Williams. Like, you got a team like Nashville that's looking for players. Yeah. Just, they just need some sort of good – like good That can class. do something when you need it, yeah. Like if you don't want to pay, if you don't have the money to pay Taylor Hall, or you can't get Taylor Hall, at least get somebody for free in exactly. Tyler Johnson, where he's they're, they're like, here, we don't want him anymore. Here you go, we're gonna send him to the A. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think he Tyler Johnson would be a great pickup. Like Dylan said, he turns into Mister Game Seven. I mean, he lit up the playoffs a couple of years ago. Like he he he's like a light switch. Like Dylan mentioned uh, earlier, he he could be a light switch and he can turn it on when he needs to. Yeah, that's a big thing in the NHL nowadays. We were always taught, like, you don't want to be that light switch player where you're you're picking and choosing. But nowadays, you see how explosive it can turn a player into when they learn when to turn the Jets on and when not to. Like, I mean, we always say it. Just watch watch one shift of Ovechkin, and there's your tutorial on turning it on and off. Absolutely. 
Um, another another signing. This one just got to be devastating for Sam. Um, the Canadians acquired Josh Anderson from the Blue Jackets in exchange for Max Domi. Uh, it's it's so tough. I mean, I don't see. That. At first, I was so pissed. I, T will tell you. I text him like, "This is fucking bullshit. I fucking hate my life. I hate this bullshit." But yeah. It's one of those things where Domi did hated Claude Julian, and I mean, I love Claude Julian. I think he's a great coach. Me too. But yeah, he, he a Boston guy. He, yeah. he was a great coach here in Boston. I mean, the thing is, he, he didn't want to uh, deal with um, Claude Julian because he's their future. Like he's a he's and he had some uh, heart conditions or heart problems during the playoffs. But he is for now the future of their coaching staff and. His direction had did not have Domi as one of the centerpieces, and for a guy like Domi, that's not an environment that he wants to be in, and I can understand that. And they, he was a restricted free agent, and he was probably asking wait for way too much money for what they had in, as a vision for him and the team. And I mean, they had to make the best of a, a poor situation. I mean, I I hated the this trade because I didn't know who Josh Anderson was. I never heard of him. Then I, the more I look into it, okay, yeah, he had 40 points one year. But it's just tough for me to see Max only go, go because I think he has so much potential, and I love how he plays. It just reminds me a little bit of myself. But I'm a very – I'm a poor man's poor version of Max Domi. Let's put it that way. But I just – I was really sad because at Montreal, he's a great guy. Uh, he does a lot in the community. He's always in the news doing something good. So – I'm rooting for Max Domi. I think he'll do great things in Columbus. I think I like a guy like John Tortorello would be great to to spark a, a fire for Max Domi. Let just light the league up, and I, I won't be surprised if he gets 60 points next year. And I know, well, if they no, it's not. I won't say 60 points. I'll say because they're not going to play. They're not going to play 82 games. Let's let's say he gets a point zero point sixty points per game. That's what I think he'll do, right? Well, you made a good point, though, like how he wasn't fit in that centerpiece of that that Montreal's team. And, I mean, if we look at 2018, the guy had 72 points in 82 games. Just to this year, 71 games, 10 less games, he only had 44 points. So, obviously, there was something there where he wasn't fitting into that system. It's, again, behind closed doors. You're not getting along with the coach. It's going to translate right to your ice. Um, So... I would say I'd expect huge things this next year from him. Hundred percent. And Josh Anderson, see, uh, I'm I'll be surprised if he gets more than fifty points. But I'm hearing he's a young player with a lot of upside. And I mean, seven years for five point five for the amount of points he produces. It's another example of T talking about late uh, before. How are they sign these contracts? Like you're thinking LeBlanc. Uh, I don't know if it's a French name, LeBanc, LeBanc, whatever. LeBanc, yeah. Kevin LeBanc. I think it LeBanc, might be. but um, it's one of those things where you're like kind of scratching your head like, he can make 5.5? Yeah, it's a long contract too. And yeah. then so, hockey, it's just – In seven years, maybe that's a great deal. So people are saying that – so it's either this is going to be the most overpaid uh, contract or it might be the perfect contract. It could tonight. be like – Pashanak, yeah, like he yeah, signed three years this. or three years with the cap. We don't know what post COVID mm-hmm. if the salary cap situation will be better, but time will tell. I, I'm I'm very hopeful that he'll have an impact in Montreal. People are thinking that he'll go on the first or second line. He might fit that mold better than Max Domi, 
in the eyes of Claude Julian, but I'm hoping the best for him and the Montreal uh, organization. Absolutely. Now we're going to go ahead and uh, kick it over to Sammy and uh, have him introduce uh, our, uh, our guest speaker today. All right. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Matthew. Uh, today, our guest is one of my best friends. Uh, he uh, played prep school hockey at Kent, uh, Kent School. Uh, he dominated in that league. He then continued his career to juniors in the BCHL, where he had 38 points for the Nanaimo Clippers and then continues career with the Kingston Voyagers in the OJHL where we both played. And um, uh, unfortunately, I got uh, kicked out of the league before we were able to play because I'm terrible at hockey. But um, he then continues career at Union for four years, uh, just tearing it up. Uh, check his stats. It's 84 points in four years uh, college at Union. He's an unbelievable friend and uh, hockey player and just so happy to have him on the pod. Uh, so welcome, Anthony Rinaldi. Wow, Sammy, what a beautiful introduction. Oh. <laughs> I always get chirped every time I introduce somebody. <laughs> Sam starts it though like, uh, yeah, I got kicked out of the league. Didn't get caught. I got kicked out. I get, I, yeah, I... They Sam, saw my skill level. Off. They said, there's no way this guy should be here. We need to have a talk off air about enthusiasm when you introduce your fucking friends. Like, come I mean, on, man. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. Oh, man. I'm getting roasted right out, the, right out of the gate. <laughs> All right. Well, Anthony, buddy, it's so good to have you, man. Like, just the fact that you, you played D1 is just unbelievable. That is such that – is, that is – every young hockey player's dream and the fact that you played there and lit it up at union, one of the better schools out there. Uh, it's just so good to have you. So welcome, pal. I appreciate the kind words, man. Thank you. Thanks for having Absolutely. me. All right, man, we're going to jump right in. So why don't you, why don't you just fill us in? Yeah. You went to Kent school. You ever play Winch the Winchenden school? I didn't. Is that where uh, you went? That's where I went. I went to prep school there for two years. Yeah, man. But uh, just just fill me in on your your junior hockey experience, and then uh, then and then jumping over to the OJ and the BC BCHL for everyone who didn't know. Um, and then is there any difference between those two leagues? Or did you see a difference? What do you think? Yeah, so a lot of people ask me that question about like the difference, and like honestly, I feel like it's it's kind of like your own personal experience with it. Like depending on the player you are, the type of style you play, like. I thought both leagues were very offensive and like very similar um, in that aspect. But ultimately, like I was lucky enough to play for like two really good organizations, like the team in Nanaimo, we went to the Fred Page, which was like the, the finals. And then uh, in Kingston, we went to the conference finals. So like I played for two good teams. So um, obviously very fortunate to be able to do that and end up going to Union. So that's cool, man. And now, so so playing in juniors was cool for you. Did you? I'm assuming you got a shit ton of ice time there. Did you? Uh, you probably built some unbelievable relationships there. Do you have buddies, uh, a bunch of other buddies who went D1 too, or what? Yeah. So in Nanaimo, honestly, like it was my first time in the West, and and I didn't know what to really expect. But luckily, there was uh, three other Canadian boys. I think four actually. Um, and they were French Canadian too. So I already knew two of them before that. And then got to know the other two really close after that. So like that made the experience like way better. And like, like I said, we were an unbelievable team. Like, I think like, I want to say 
like our first three lines were committed and then our top four D were committed. Like not like right away after that year, like I only committed my Kingston year, but I think like in total after we were all done, we were like hitting those numbers. And uh, then I got traded to Kingston. Um, you know, there's a lot of 19 year olds. So I was dealt to Kingston. Um, unbelievable city. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Kingston, Ontario, but um, it's where Queens University is. Um, just a really, really uh, fun time to be, um, you know, especially during the school year. So that was, uh, that was nice. How far away is Kingston from Peterborough? Because I got some family out in Peterborough. Is Kingston pretty close or no? You know what? I feel like it is because I feel like we did play games there. I know there's an OHL team there. Yep. The Peterborough Pete's. I don't think it's that far. It has to be maybe an hour and a half. Yeah, I want to say an hour and a half probably. Got it. All right, well. Uh, that that's awesome, man. Junior hockey is definitely definitely a time where you probably had a, a shit ton of fun. Like, you got any stories to share with the boys and girls out there, or what? Uh, you got to give uh, us something. Like a PG thirteen version. Hang a carrot yeah. in front of us and let us chase after it. Seems yeah. like something good happened down in Kingston. So, I mean, a lot of the times, like guys, like don't go to school. So, like, we have a lot of free time. I know in Nanaimo, like, we had a great manager who would like just always organize like hikes for us or all those things to do. And Kingston was more like a university town. So there was a lot of students like our age. Mm -hmm. um, so we were lucky to like be able to like, you know, explore Kingston more and like be able to like get involved with like the Queens community. And like, since we were right there, like if there's any events going on, like we would be invited to and like enjoy the, enjoy the moments, like especially on the weekends where we had off. So that was like, obviously a big difference <clears throat> in Nanaimo where you're in like, out of nowhere and like not much to do but like obviously with like a good manager that we had like she she organized stuff but in Kingston it was more like the nightlife it was fun how about uh getting to meet uh Don Sherry what? yeah yeah I actually forgot about that um yeah we we got to meet Don Sherry at a charity event um on Remembrance Day and like he is absolutely like just a jokester honestly like <laughs> We were afraid and timid to like go introduce ourselves, and this guy's just cracking jokes left and right. Like, I oh, he's probably ready, ready for that the whole time. Yeah, he's incredible. That's cool, man. What an what an experience. That guy's a fucking legend, dude. Oh, like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, legend. I I hated to see him get uh, get thrown off hockey night in Canada, but well, we can bring that back up to the uh, the softness of the direction of the league. Well, that we don't want to get political, but. Uh... We're, was, I mean, it's a definitely different different vibe without him on TV, that's for sure. I agree. I agree. Now, Anthony, so going from the OJ and the BC, obviously those are those are higher end leagues. Like, was there was there much of a transition for you to uh, go into Union and playing at a D one level, or was there it kind of like very similar to the BC and the OJ? Um, you know, I think the speed is obviously something that everyone always takes into consideration. Like you got to make sure you're up to the speed of everything. Like everyone's getting better. Right. But for me, the biggest thing, because speed is, a, is already an attribute for me, like not, not trying to like you obviously, but um, I, I thought that for me personally, the biggest thing, like from hearing from like ex players was just to like get in shape and like make sure that you're ready. Cause like you're playing against men and there's, you know, seniors who, like myself, when I was a senior, like, you could be, like, anywhere from, like, 23 to 25 years old. And, you know, I, I was, you know, going in at a later age anyways. But, like, you got to make sure that you're in shape, like, your your body's ready to, like, handle, like, 
two games a week, like physical. And like, that's what I like. I focused on the summer before going in my freshman year. Ooh, I yeah. think that, that, that aspect of staying in shape is probably one of my most important questions I like to ask guys like you that have been there, done that just because through my experience, that is the number one thing that's going to make the difference at the college level. Just because we've talked about in episode one, like the coaches are looking for that fully polished player. So when you get to college, it's not going to be looking for the fastest guy or this and that. You just kind of got to go with it, adapt. So. Yeah, exactly. That's cool, man. Well, I mean, D1, like I just, like I mentioned in the, at the beginning, it, it's such a, it's such a shot after thing for young hockey players. And I, I bet the, the whole, the whole process of getting there was probably very, very challenging for you. So just kind of take us through like the whole recruitment process of going D1 and like what kind of sold you on going to Union. Like I know for my, for me going to Franklin Pierce, the coach was always, always reaching out to me. Uh, Roscoe Sweeney, shout out to him. He's an absolute beautician. Um, just, just, just talk to us about that. I mean, it's hard going D1 and just, just run us through that. Yeah, I'm sure we had similar experiences, honestly. Like, for me, I'm kind of like a late bloomer. And I, I knew, like, as soon as I went to Ken, like, after I graduated, like, I wanted to pursue, um, you know, playing Division One hockey and, like, try to attain that goal. And um, I played two years. And uh, I talked to Union a little bit here and there. We had two Union commits in Nanaimo. Um, not in Kingston, but we kind of still kept in touch. And then... I had a great like beginning of the year and that allowed for kind of like, you know, a lot of interactions with, with different coaches and, um, you know, our, my conversations with the union went really well. Um, I got to visit the school. I think I went to visit like, you know, three times, saw two games and I just like loved every experience. And, um, you know, I, I got to know a lot of the players. I already knew players going in, so just like, having conversations with them, you know, obviously like great school, great hockey program. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds. And ultimately like that, that's what I wanted to pursue. And I'm happy I did. I had a great four years there. That's cool, man. I mean, Union, I knew, uh, did you guys ever intermingle with the, uh, with the women's team? Cause I knew, I knew a girl named Ari Kosakowski who used to play on the women's team. Yeah, no, I, I remember her. Yeah. She was there. I think she was like a year or two older. Uh, in terms of uh, grade levels but yeah I remember no we definitely do interact with the women's team if anything like that's the closest sports team that we're involved with so that's cool yeah I went to I went to prep with uh with Ari so I know I, the fact that she went and committed D1 is just unbelievable I also had another girl uh Lauren Kelly who's now playing with the Boston Pride she played at Northeastern so oh. I mean they, they were just, those two were just dominant at the prep school level. And just, yeah. uh, they also dominated at the, at the, at the college division one level too. Yeah. Which is yeah. I was lucky enough to go visit Anthony one weekend and I got to catch a couple of games. Uh, I think it was, was it BU and Brown, I believe. Yeah. Oh, and when, once you just walk into the rink and the, they got the new jumbotron up there, it's, it's it, the, the feeling of college hockey. It's so powerful. And just going into that rink, it, it was unbelievable. And, you get you got the band playing. It was just like everything I imagined D one hockey to be. That union hockey just for me just brought it all together. The atmosphere was unbelievable, and uh, I saw some great hockey. And uh, Auntie just tore it up when I was there. Well, the second game, I don't know, what it was about it was the first game was the rough. The we had, was it the loss? The first game, 
Yeah, we lost the first game on the second. Couldn't get a goal for you, but yeah, but but you were dominating. You had some good some good chances. So uh, speaking to Sam's point about the atmosphere, how did how did you like going from? I, I'm not sure how many fans you had at, at, in BC in the BCHL, but like the fact that you probably had what five to ten thousand fans at Union, like how cool was that playing in front of that many people? Yeah, I mean, definitely a crazy experience. Like, uh, you know, we, we didn't have five to 10,000. I think our our, uh, our barn holds like 2,300 around, maybe a little little bit more. It feels like it because they're so freaking loud and there's so many people in there. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Like they're, right, they're right next to you. Kind of like the whole like prep school environment. Where, like, I was going to say the prep school environment. Yeah, exactly. Like small school, like everyone's involved. We even had like – we probably had more community uh, members come watch our games than we did students, honestly, like – people in Schenectady and around the area like love coming to our games and uh like you said it was just like crazy experience like your first game like well my first game sorry just gave me chills like I didn't know what to expect and like Sammy says they're so loud and yeah, yeah. Honestly, like the energy it brings like I, that's why I kind of feel bad for the you know if the season happens this year and they might not be able to have fans like it affects the game 100%. well tell us about your first game I know it was a crazy one uh, my first ever college game. I'm Oh yeah. Oh my God. Like, what a barn to play in for your first game. Oh my God. I honestly, I was shaking. I was shaking getting on the ice. Obviously it was my first game. So I was already nervous, but then you see how many people are just there watching warmups and like their student section is legit on top of you. And they know everything about you. These guys find personal information. Yeah. yeah. The best thing though, like you, you have a good shift in a crowd like that, and then it's just like, all right, I'm happy this crowd's here. Well, and they're just heckling out. you with personal <laughs> crap from your Instagram. You're like, what? Yeah, but if you're playing good, there's no better feeling than just playing. Well, he's playing for the opposite team. I know, but I'm saying there's no better feeling of going on that ice, playing dominant the whole game in front of a crowd like that. Where you can just um, look at him and be like, what's up, buddy? You know? The only comparison I can make to that is when I was playing juniors and I went to uh, Bridgeton Academy. And I was getting ripped. My, they were talking. You're gonna about compare football. Michigan to Bridgeton Academy? Oh, Are you oh, kidding oh, me? That's just that's just because we passed passed around Toombs' personal information. Like. They, they literally passed around. I'm pretty sure every player knew every personal detail about me, um, and they they made it very well known. Oh, See what happens when that's you have tough. nothing better to do in an all guy school, though. Oh gosh. Do you research? I feel like I've seen that before too. That's I think that's like one of the biggest things for guys coming out of like a high school prep school environment with that crowd and then going to a D3 or D2 level where there's really not much crowd other than the family members. So uh, just being able to play at a D1 level, I'm sure, is just an awesome, awesome feeling. So good for you. Yeah, man. And, and, and like I said, the path to D1 is kind of tough. I mean, who would you kind of give credit to besides yourself, obviously, because you, you have to put all those skills into – you have to put that all into the game, right? Who would who would you say helped get you to this next level uh, at D1 and, and uh, shaped you into the player that you are today? Um, well, I got to give the majority of the credit to my parents and family members. Like, oh, yeah, Big Tony. Like, number one, Big Tony, Paul, like, even my brother, like just the motivation that they, they've given me like throughout the years. And obviously, like my parents, like, invested a lot into and both my brother and I just to like pursue our dreams so obviously gotta thank them like I'm sure they'll be listening to this uh, whenever <laughs> out, so I appreciate you guys 
I love you guys. And I love you guys too. And I love your food. They're so good. Oh my God. <laughs> Every time I go over to their house, it's like I'm going to the restaurant. I might as well, uh, might as well be at a restaurant. They make the best food there. They're so nice. Oh, big Angels. What, are they, and, what is their best dish, Anthony? Oh, like, my, dad's, uh, my dad's Italian, so he loves the uh, Italian dishes. Like oh. anything like pasta <laughs> with a little meat is just like, yeah. a good conversation. Oh, oh, pasta, chicken pasta. It's like. Does he make a bomb chicken parm or what? Definitely. Actually, I just had that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say chicken parm too. That's so sick. That's one of my, that's got to be one of my favorite Italian dishes, yeah. the chicken parm. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, and uh, Anthony's dad and my dad are big uh, cigar buddies. Oh, okay. All they do is smoking cigars. They definitely got to meet up on the golf course. Yeah, I mean, this whole quarantine is probably killing their cigar vibe right now. They're probably... (laughs) Other than your parents, though, like going off of what Tube said. Yeah, like what coach kind of kept your head straight when that, you know, everybody goes through that time. It's like, should I keep grinding this hard? Or, or you know, which coach just had that biggest impact just to keep you on that path? That's a, you know, that's a good question. Like I, every year I've kind of had a different coach and they've all, like, I've been fortunate enough for like, all of them have been very helpful with like the next step, I'd say. Um, I don't know if I had anyone that's really like, like held my hand and kind of like guided me like throughout multiple years. I think like every year, like every coach I've had has helped me. So I, I thank all of them, honestly, like I, I wouldn't really single out one because like all of them did so much and like the exact same amount I would say. So it's like my, oh, and I'd go all the way down to high school, like my high school coach and athletic director is the reason why I went to prep school. Like my prep school coaches are the reason why I went to juniors. And then my junior coaches are the reason why I went to union, you know? So like, it was just like kind of perfect in that sense and like oh i wish like i could redo every year and just spend time with like my old teammates and old coaches like you guys are bringing me back you know a lot of memories it's awesome to have though just to have the ability to say that every stop you went to a coach had um uh, impact in you like that because in your life in the reality of it right the reality of it most players come to a time in the road where it's just you know am I meant for this? Is it, you know what I mean? So a lot of guys have that coach that can um, just keep them straight on that path, you know? Absolutely. So, I mean, Anthony, like, was there a point ever when you were like, fuck, I'm, I'm like, you, you're more than welcome to be very, very cocky here. Cause this is going to be a very, very cocky question. I'm going to ask you, was there a point where you were like, fuck, I am a lot better than, um, uh, than a lot of these guys and I know that I'm going to go to it go to the next level uh, and play that higher end hockey or was it just kind of kind of a mix of you being very talented as well as the people around you um I'd lean more towards the second statement you made honestly like when I was at Kent um you know I was surrounded by a lot of good players some of which have already been committed or were committing at the same time that I was there and I really like that's when I had the most doubt was uh, that can't you know I, I did put up good numbers but I wasn't getting as much attention as like some of the other guys who were maybe not producing or even the guys who were producing more it's like I was kind of like I didn't it was I was new to that world and like you guys know how it is right like you just don't know you don't know until like someone really tells you that like you could play here or whatnot yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So until I got that validation, which was only like later on, mm-hmm. then it was like, okay, like I just got to keep working hard. Like every summer is a big summer for me. And then boom, like I got to make a statement. And like I, it was all like kind of like personal, like I had to believe in myself. I had to like keep pushing because look, like I entered juniors at a late age. I went to college at a late age, like probably like the latest you can go. Right. So it's like, um, that's why it's kind of like a, a late bloomer for me, but uh, I should have asked it that way. Like, was there ever a time where you were in your head, like, uh, am I good enough to play? And I think you answered it with the Kent statement there, but that's an extremely important point to players like you. Where was that time where you thought about that? You know, well, that brings me to this question. If you could go back in time, turn back time and go like, talk to your 18 year old self, like what would you tell him? Knowing what you know now. No, yeah, know what you know now with everything you experienced and like what kind of advice would you give to your, your past self or any kid that's in your, that was in your, your position, that's a late bloomer and it's kind of like, there's no, any, have any guidance what's towards the future, you know what I'm saying? I mean, the best advice I can give to my 18 year old self or like someone else who's in that position is like, believe in yourself, like, I, I learned that at a lot, like a late age that that's like the most important thing is like, if you believe in yourself, if you can push yourself, then like, obviously like possibilities are endless. And that was one thing that like, I was always so focused on like what other people were saying and not about like what I was saying or what I was thinking about myself. Yeah. And that's kind of like, I had a big decision to make because after 10, it's like, do I go to juniors and not play, not go to school for two years and kind of like, you know risk it different path or do I come back to school go to university maybe play a little hockey and like that summer was kind of a struggle I'm not gonna lie and like decisions have to be made but like that's when I kind of realized like hey like I can do this like I gotta work at it and like that's probably what I would tell my 18 year old self like keep believing in yourself like don't 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 ever tell yourself again like just like keep working hard like surround yourself with the same people like because I like ultimately like I would redo it in a heartbeat like I would go back to Cooper go back to Ken like go back to juniors like because there's always something you can do differently and and that's like the reality check every player goes through is sit yourself down and be like all right you know I can do this even though there's times where I can't do it in my head you know what I mean and that's the the number one thing is that mental toughness you gotta have well the biggest thing for me watching him every step of the way I mean, I got to, I got to, I got to see him every step of the way. And like, like you said, going from Midget Sport, because Anthony didn't play AAA because in Montreal, it's very political. And like both of us, we didn't play AAA, but Anthony had so much more skill than some of these guys playing AAA. Anthony played this play, a place called Cooper Academy, where it's one of those things he's he, there to prove himself. And he, he earned his stripes, went to Kent, earned his stripes again. You know, he just he kept every year he had, a goal he was chasing and it was just great to look at and see for myself because I was rooting for him every year. And you know what I'm saying? Like we're, we're such a, a, a small hockey community in Montreal. We all root for each other. And it's like, we, we grew up together and uh, you just see him go level from level. And you're just like, every, some point. people are like, Oh crap. He's, he's like, they're surprised. But for me, like I never was surprised. I knew like he, he was determined to go to the next just level. Stick year. to that plan. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's and, a good point though. Like having one goal, you know, from Kent to the BC or whatever it was, not having 
all right, I want to go from Kent all the way to D1. You got to just set those one goal at a time and go through it. You can't just overlook anything. So It's like that thing like with the Matthew McConaughey. He says that he's never – the person he's chasing, he'll never catch because he's always – there's always a new person he's chasing. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because if you're somebody that's chaseable and you reach him, then you have nothing else to chase for the next time. So you're always constantly chasing a new goal, and I feel like Anthony – really shows that in his hockey career and like you see you can see his elite prospects this guy every year whether he's playing in the bc the oj or kent this guy every year is, has something to prove and he's he's been proving people uh that he's a player to notice that's awesome man congratulations Anthony. that's super cool man so i mean during this current pandemic i hope you've been staying really safe man like just kind of kind of walk us through like what training has been like for you Are you doing just a shit ton of at-home workouts or is there a gym close to you that's open or or, or are you lucky are you one of the lucky few who have like a full gym set up he's doing p90x <laughs> <laughs> I've been on uh, Zoom uh, three times a week with Sammy. We've just been ripping P90. We're just doing uh, chest and bro. All I know is it doesn't show on Sam. I'm, I'm seeing. Yeah. This camera look make it look bigger. Like uh, I want to say, like in July. July is when like uh, things started to open up. So like for a few months here, like the gyms were open, the rinks were open. You know, I, I'm pretty sure almost everything was open. Like every different spot had like their own protocols and whatnot like obviously like you want to keep everyone safe um uh, so i was able to skate and work out like regularly like doing the same old thing that i was doing like every summer go skate work out um until recently thursday um they announced another lockdown so now we're back into lockdown where the gyms are closed and the rinks are closed so it's kind of weird timing right now. Cause like we've been training for like probably like the longest off season, like we've ever had and like, boom, now they're closing up again. So I don't know. It's going to be an interesting, like I'm going to go back to the home workouts. Sam, we're going to have to go back on zoom, get the P90X going. <laughs> When's the, uh, what was I just going to say? Fuck. I lost my train of thought. Damn it. Ooh. So we're talking uh, about workouts, P90X, yeah. getting a six pack. What, what are you guys doing? You guys doing the same thing? What's going on? Oh, I... uh, I'm fortunate enough. My uncle is, uh, he's got like basically a full uh, squat rack. He's got dumbbells up to 60s. He's got a lap pull down, a rower, and then an actual rowing machine and also a Peloton. So I'm lucky enough to be, to go over to his house and be able to work out. What the fuck is a Peloton? Out. You've never <laughs> seen the Peloton you, bikes? The bikes with the, the videos, uh, the biking and the, the you won't see me on a bike on the video that's I, i'm not gonna say that i do that. Is. i hung the skates up a couple of years ago and that's the last time i'll work on conditioning boys oh my goodness <laughs> no but uh, my, my my question was like how how do you feel right now like do you feel like as in shape as you would be like the years prior to this pandemic or do you feel in better shape like how are you feeling like mental wise as well as physical condition Honestly, like I feel it. Like I'm in better shape because, like, we we've been here for so long. Mm-hmm. It's, like I said before, it's like the longest off season we've had. It's just a matter of like when is hockey gonna start again? I think like most of us are ready to just kind of get things rolling. Like we've been home for so long. Obviously, like you know, we're living through a, a tough tough time right now. So like, there's so much golf you can play. <laughs> there really is golf you can play. But that being said, too, it was like. I think this year is going to have the biggest 
difference in in you're going to see on the ice kids that are in shape and kids that are completely out of shape because of this big layoff i mean it's so hard like you're saying it here just to stay up and ready to get up and work out and to sit there and say am i going to have a season should i even be working out so you i i'm willing to bet you're going to see so many guys that are either in great shape that have stuck to the plan or guys that are just so far behind i couldn't agree more i mean i i not every player is fortunate enough to have weights at home. Like they, they, they're having those issues finding a, a gym to do those, do those clean, do those high explosive movements. Like that, that's just that's hard to come by now. And that sucks too because that's going to be the biggest excuse to every coach. And if I'm a coach, I'm not taking that. I'm sorry. No, absolutely not. I mean, so in terms of that, Anthony, like we 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 go, we're gonna we're gonna switch it and go to the NHL now. Like. Let's talk to you about. I mean, Corey Crawford has not signed with, with the the Blackhawks. What you, what are your thoughts on that? Where do you think he'll land? He, what do you mean? Where do you land? He he just signed with New Jersey. Holy yeah. shit! I'm an idiot. Holy shit! What do you think about that? What do you think about that landing spot, Schneider? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was just happy for him to find another spot. Like, obviously, it's sad to see like a goalie's been like Lundqvist, who's been a part of an organization for so long just kind of like not stick with them throughout like your whole career. That's like what I took out of Crawford. And obviously he's a Montreal boy. Like, Oh yeah. With them. So like, I was just happy to see him like find another home and, and, you know, and he found it pretty quickly. I mean, like he's three time Stanley cup winner. So this guy, he's proven himself. And I think New Jersey is one of those teams who's kind of, who's, who's getting towards the end of their rebuild and they're really going to start. Yeah. They're searching their identity right now and having a solid veteran goalie, it's definitely going to help him guide these young guys and tell them what they need to do to be successful. He played with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze, and like he's seen them what they're doing every day, so he knows what it is needed to be successful and to be a good hockey team. Yeah, we talked about this all in the beginning too. It's that two goalie system and having Crawford back there is never a negative in my eyes. Plus, this time with the Blackhawks, it's just like they both have to go their separate ways now. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think I think the fact that uh, Crawford's kind of getting up there in age, I think he can he can kind of help uh, help uh, Schneider when they, they come into his home. Um, at the end of it, I mean, in, talk, in terms of talking the Blackhawks, the Kings just acquired Olimata. I mean, what do you what do you think about that? Especially a Kings lineup who's been having some issues. And they they are one of what eight teams or one of six seven teams that didn't make the playoffs this year, including the Sharks. What do you think about that? I don't know. I, I didn't really watch him too much. I I mean, I, I also didn't, like, watch the Kings that much. So, uh, I, I feel like Sammy's got the answer to this right now. I, he's, I see you growing up an answer. Biting at the chomp over there. I think it's chomping at the bit, bro. Is it chomping at you the bit? You guys like the does... one, eh? <laughs> I think it's What was the question, Oli Mata? Uh, what, what, what are you thinking? What do you think about picking up Olimata for the Blackhawks? I mean, listen, Olimata is like this guy. This guy's a absolute beauty. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. Personally, like, I, I think he's a great player. I mean, he's been through a lot. He had cancer, man. This guy, just the fact that he came back from cancer and played hockey at the highest level in the NHL, I mean, that just speaks volumes of his character and his perseverance. I mean, you're getting a, a young guy that – He's been through a lot, and he's going to be living in L.A., going to be going to Manhattan Beach, enjoying life, playing hockey. Like, this guy is going to be living it up, and I think 
it'll translate on the ice. It'll be just being a better environment. Uh, I mean, Chicago, I feel like uh, he was playing with great players, but um, I think now with LA, he'll, uh, he'll be more of a centerpiece of their defensive core and he'll have an opportunity to play a lot because they yeah. suck. They are terrible. <laughs> I mean, I could probably make their team right now. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I suck. But Kopitar, um, be best friend. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kopitar. Yeah, I'll be Slovenian. No, I'll be. I'll, I'll turn into a Slovenian for him. Switching everything up and just kind of being grateful that you're here and answering a bunch of questions for us. We we're gonna bring it to a fun segment. Uh, I'm gonna kick it over to uh to you know what I'm gonna kick it over to Dylan today. To oh yeah. Fire question. Let's hear it. Uh, just the first thing that pops into your mind, Anthony, just give us an answer. All right. All right. We, we got four questions for you. All right. First one up here is what's your favorite music to listen to? My favorite music uh, for hockey or just in general? Just in general. General. I like hip hop. Hip hop is my favorite. Just favorite yeah. artist? Ooh, I'm not like, I, I like too many. I like too many. No, you got to give us one. Give us one. Give me one hip hop artist. Yep. How about the it. biggest one in Canada? <laughs> no, rapper? No, Drake. Drake. No, no. <laughs> the six god, baby. Six god. I'm with you, Sam. Oh. Next question, though. Favorite food? No, 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 no. Wait, wait. <laughs> I, ask, ask him. Ask him. Come on. He doesn't want to answer this. Give us a straight answer, Anthony. Oh, okay. give, us, give us the favorite. Get the favorite rapper you got. Favorite hip hop artist. No, nah, I gotta get. I gotta say Drake now. It's there, you go. there you go. There you go. That's what I wanted to hear. All right. Up next, we got. What's your favorite food? Oh, you already know the answer. Chicken parm. Uh, chicken there you go. Chicken parm. It's it's not just chicken parm. It's Big Tony's chicken parm. Big Tony chicken parm. Now, so just speaking of that, if when you go to like a Italian restaurant, do you even bother buying a chicken parm because your dad, you like, you've already tasted the best in the world, so why bother eating like yeah. a store bought one? Dude, sometimes I do think about it, but like when you're on the <laughs> with your team, you just you just gotta bite the bullet and you gotta eat it. Either way, it's gonna be good, but not everyone can make it like Big Tony, you know? Oh Big no, Tony. no, Olive Garden doesn't hit like Big Tony. <laughs> You know what? I think Olive Garden is real authentic Italian. So that's oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's because you're not Italian. <laughs> you're right. I'm not. I, I, I'm Hispanic. Oh. Oh, next question for you here. <laughs> Dream car. Dream car. Ooh, Ferrari. Ferrari. Not Ooh, bad. that was quick. They, no, I didn't even think about no it. Hesitation. He knew it. Not red, maybe a little. Yeah. Not right. white like Miami Vice? What color? Either red or black. Oh, like, okay. Flaming hot red there on a nice summer night, you know, summer Ooh, day. Going I'll down Montreal, going to the grand club. For insurance, <laughs> Pull up in a Ferrari. Dream car. I got any car. Give me a Ferrari. Drop yeah. top. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Last one I got for you here. But on the highways either. You got to talk on the highways. Rich. You'd rather be rich or you'd rather be famous? Wow. This is tough. Okay. It's a weird question, but like. What's your definition of rich, though? Uh, Bill Gates rich. Yeah, we'll put you at the top. Oh, no, 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 no. Jeff Bezos rich. All right, Jeff Bezos the top rich. 1%. Or what kind of famous am I? Or like, oh, shit. Who, who would you think that? Madonna. The fuck? Madonna? Of okay, no. Uh, Michael Jackson. I don't know. I'm thinking like a. I'll go, I'll go Jeff Bezos, man. Honestly, he's probably so rich he is famous anyway. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It kind of comes oh, with rich, but 
that's my and that and to that point if you're famous you realistically you're well how about this how about this would you rather get rich off being famous or would you rather be famous and get rich off of that that's a great way to spin that question dill good stuff the brain is rolling today it's about time your brain rolls i think i think i'd rather be rich and then get famous off of that nice i love that that's a great answer well, he basically answered the same thing. He just said he wanted to be be- Jeff Bezos before he got rich. Yeah, yeah. I kind of just tried to trick his mind a little bit, but you picked up on it, so. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. Well, hey, Anthony, man, we really appreciate you coming on, and you were very thoughtful in all your responses, and uh, I'm sure your family's going to love this, you thanking them for everything, and uh, best of luck to whatever uh, whatever you're going to next, and uh, we hope to get you on here in the near future, buddy. Thanks for coming. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And guys, man, it was an absolute pleasure. Nice meeting you too. Sam, hopefully I get to see you soon, man. Yes, sir, baby. Play some golf. Good luck, buddy. All right. Stay safe, boys. Boys, this just in fucking cannot believe it. We were talking about, we talked about him. He's, we were thinking he's going to the fucking Bruins. He's going to Nashville, but no Taylor Hall, 2018 heart trophy winner. Signs a fucking one-year, $8 million deal with the Buffalo Sabres. Holy shit, what a fucking turn of events. Like, they weren't even in talks. I didn't even see anything about him going to the Sabres. Dude, I wouldn't want to be a beer in Buffalo right now because you'd be done. <laughs> oh, these guys are probably going nuts. They're going to burn the city down. The, they just won the Stanley Cup. They won the Stanley Cup in their mind. That's the <laughs> biggest mind, That's the, the biggest participation Cup. trophy they'll ever get. I got to know what Jack Eichel sent over to Hall's way because... Buffalo. Send him a text. Hey, listen. Uh, I got the hottest broad. I got a girlfriend. Right <laughs> she got a nice friend. You know, you come, you what come the over fuck? to Buffalo. Dude, have a double date. All, all those fucking beer pong tables, those white tables... There's going to be none left in Buffalo. They're sold out. They're already sold out. The 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 Walmart already pre-ordered there. They're all Walmart done in Buffalo. Walmart just pre-ordered 100,000 of those fucking tables and sold out within yeah. minutes. You know what? It'd be a good business. Let's let's start our own table business. We'll make some money in Buffalo. Come on. Good for numbers. the game. Though. At the end of the day, good for the game for a guy. Like what do you, what do you think about that, pal? What do you think about the Taylor Hall signing with Buffalo? I think that's a crazy move. Honestly, that's going to add so much to their depth charts and, like, so much speed. Could you imagine them playing together? Eichel yeah. and Hall on the same line and Skinner. Holy shit. That's why it's going to be good for the game just to get that team more, more hype, you know? They'll have the best first line in the show, and then they'll have the worst uh, bottom bottom three bottom lines 12. in the show. Yeah, but they're still <laughs> young, right? Like, they're they're upcoming team, no? Yeah, I mean, I give them a, I give them a lot of shit, but uh, they they got some good players. I mean, Dolan, do. you got him at defense; he's a, a stud. Um, yeah, I'd say they got the pieces. Now they just got to put it yeah, together. I mean, I don't know what the, who their goalies are, but they've always been shaky. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I it's it. I, I think it. I think it's more of a power move for Taylor Hall. Like I can go to one of the one of the worst teams in the in the league and still dominate. So. Fucking someone next year. He did it in New Jersey. Exactly. And I'm, well, I'm, maybe he signs a one-year eight mil. Just like you said, Sam, the, the the salary, the market right now at Corona. Maybe he thinks he can play one year and light it up, and then go sign a ten. Well, that's the thing. Time. I thought he already lighted up to the point where that this is two years out of his MVP season kind of thing. I, I thought, enough, Sam. Just so you know, for all our people who who uh, 
No, Sam, he's French. He doesn't really know English. It's lit it up, not light it up. He already lit it up. <laughs> okay. You know what? I'm sorry. This I is our to. last episode. Uh, Matthew Toombs is getting kicked off the podcast for <laughs> absolutely roasting me every minute he has the chance. Um, He's joking. Yes. This is not our last episode. We have a lot to come. We have a lot to talk about. <laughs> He's going to get me deported from this country. He's going to get me kicked out to back to Canada. He doesn't want me on this podcast anymore. But honestly, honestly, best of luck to Taylor Hall with, uh, in this, at, at the Sabres organization and, and uh, playing with Eichel and, um, and Skinner. And just, I hope, I hope he, I hope he does well. Honestly, I hope it works out for him. Fucking Buffalo. All right. That, that's a wrap for the podcast, boys. Thanks for coming. And uh, Anthony, thanks again. It was, uh, it was a great, uh, great interview. Absolutely. I look forward to the next episode.